0: Jackie. Hey Ramona. So I wanted to edit out the beginning of this next podcast because (laughs) right off the top I started crying because I just had a really crappy day and I've just been feeling really burnt out and we were talking to someone that I was really excited about and I just was really emotional and I burst out crying crying right off the top and I told you I wanted to edit it out and you told me not to and you can explain our, to our listeners why.
1: Well, first of all, it's a lot of money to edit that out. Um, you <laughs> cry a lot. <laughs> no, I didn't want to edit it out and you know why? Because um, it was a really interesting topic, but Ramona, your journey is so emotional and um, You know, our listeners know as they followed us that you've been through cancer and traditional Chinese medicine was a huge savior for you. Um, And I know you felt very overwhelmed when she came on because it had such a profound effect on you. And I can see why you um, kind of little unglued there. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And in this episode, Angela Warburton, who is the traditional Chinese medicine practitioner who we're speaking to she made so many points that honestly just blew me away and they hit all my trigger points and she hit yours and why I don't want to edit you is because she talks about one of the important things that all women go through where we sort of stifle our voice through society and our upbringing we don't say our truth we don't speak it and when menopause hits the shit hits the fan and our past comes to haunt us and it is emotional It's an emotional time, and we try to suck it up, buttercup, but we can't, and you felt emotional, and I am so tired of people editing the authenticity of this
0: topic out. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're totally right, and so we're leaving it in my blubbering as (laughs) usual, but um, how great was Angela?
1: She was great. Like, Oh my God, Ramona, like...
0: Was first of all annoyingly beautiful. You yeah, did not was, brief me on that. Um, yeah, sorry, you guys can't see that. <laughs> you can't. You can't see it. But she's like what we all want to look like for someone going through menopause. Like she just, and I don't mean just beautiful, as in aesthetically beautiful. She just glowed. She was very sweet and kind, and just everything about her was just. I don't
1: she's, know. She's so. Her mission is so aligned with her. She really wants to help women, and it shines through in this whole conversation that we have with her. Um, Yes. Yeah, she'll hit all your trigger points, that's for sure.
0: She will. And so Angela is a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner, an acupuncturist, a feminine power transformational coach. An applied mindfulness teacher I can't even say all this and a nutrition <laughs> expert that uses holistic and natural medicine to help restore balance to the whole person um, and she helps women understand the subtle or not so subtle signs and symptoms that their body and emotions like have and and she wants to help us and I think you'll hear that when we're speaking with her she is just such a champion of women, and she's very passionate about it, and it really comes out in this episode. So, have a listen to Angela and enjoy this episode because we did. Hi, Angela. Welcome to She 2.0. Thank
2: you. I'm happy to be here with you both.
0: I'm really excited about this podcast because Chinese medicine saved my life. So, um, I'm kind of emotional, actually, just saying it out loud. Um, it means a lot to me and I'm a Chinese medicine dropout. (laughs) So I was so excited to have you here. It's been a part of my healing process as a Mm. cancer survivor and Mm -hmm. I think about it all the time and how I'm not doing it right now so I'm really excited for our listeners to learn more about it and um how it can help them in their journey through menopause. So, thank you for
2: joining us. No, thank you, and thank you for sharing that. I, uh, I that's touching. I just want to, I, I want to share this one thing. There's a saying we have in Chinese medicine: the best doctors have no patients because we've taught everyone how <laughs> to be well at home and how to take care of themselves. So, even if you're not in Chinese medicine with a practitioner, you, my my sense is you probably have some good ideas from what they've told you over the years on how to listen to your body or how to balance it yourself from home too. So, and that's, I think one of the major, amazing, powerful parts of it is that we like how to use it at home, because it's not just about handing yourself over to a practitioner. It's really about understanding your body in a different way. So hopefully
0: that's absolutely (laughs) right. And I, and I, I want to reiterate that because it, you know, Chinese medicine is one of those healing practices where you feel empowered as a patient. And when you're in a scenario where you feel like you're out of control and out of your comfort zone, and I mean, this totally pertains to menopause, but also when I was going through my cancer journey, um, it's it's a type of healing power where you feel like you've harnessed the power where you're learning from your health practitioner, how to heal yourself and make you well. Um, while maybe some of the other things that might be treating you or helping you maybe also damaging your body. And so I found that from a mental health perspective, when going something, going through something so challenging, I felt empowered, like I was in control and helping save my
2: life, you know? Yeah. I think that's, it's such a huge thing because I think so much, so often we've given our health away or like the, tell me what, tell me what's wrong with me versus, um, there's a reason for everything. And if we just understand what the symptoms mean, that it's not something necessarily done to us versus, Oh, my body's kind of screaming at me and this is why. And now I can take action because I know what it's saying or I know what I need or I now I'm better like I'm more equipped to make choices or things like that and I think um, that to me is the best kind of relationship where you're it's not a top down or it's not a here, I'm going to give you something and you have no control over it. It's more like, Hey, we're, we're in this together and this is your, the the hub and let's work with your life and your body and your, um, you know, nutrition and, but also your emotions and your history and all of that together. Um, so that, you know, everything's supporting you in that, Um, yeah. I think, absolutely. Um I think that's really
1: interesting Angela because um Ramona has far more experience than I do. But I I have had experience um with acupuncture and I have to say my experience was incredibly positive. And um and I am a firm believer. However, I have used acupuncture for a few different things. It worked really well for an old injury I had like when no one else could fix it after 30 yeah. years. But um it it was for me when I tried it when I was sort of at the peak of my menopausal symptoms, I didn't get much relief. But I think I feel like with with traditional Chinese medicine, and I could be wrong, is it is as much as you want to give to it and be open to it is what you're gonna get back. Um, you know, you're like it's not a doctor throwing antibiotics at you where you're gonna have side effects and you have no choice. Like I think you really have to consider mind over matter and and I had like I said I had such incredible results with an injury that I won't go anywhere else (laughs) except for um my doctor who did who does the acupuncture so I think it's important for people to understand though like I think people hear needles and they get really afraid yeah and understand what that really is about
2: well, and I think you've said a couple of really important things in there. First of all, I think there is a place for every type of medicine that we have. And I think the power lies when we work together with all the different modalities and the, and the strength that each one has. So um, I think that, and we can use them synergistically as well. So if there's something like antibiotics or chemotherapy or something like that, that has a definite action that is, we're using it for, for a result, then we use other things to complement it, to help with side effects or to help keep you strong throughout, or that. So it just like that very holistic, like every modality has a strength. So it's so powerful to use it together. And then I think with um, Chinese medicine, acupuncture has sort of been the, the thing that's gotten the most attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Chinese medicine is, is, it's got many different parts to it. So there's acupuncture, for sure, is a physical modality that, you know, works with increasing blood flow in your body and helping to balance things. Uh, diet, is a huge component of it it's so we don't only you know it's not about just oh eat you know a well balanced diet or you know make sure you have lots of protein and fats but it's more looking at taking it down one more level to food having properties so there's foods that are naturally warming or cooling or drying Mm -hmm. or circulating so if you're someone who's running hot all the time and then you're eating foods that are naturally hot Hot peppers, coffee, um, you know, spicy foods, um, chocolate, things like that, they're going to add more heat. So then you're going to balance your body's balance is going to go off even more as opposed to, okay, I'm, I'm boiling hot all the time. And I have cucumber or watermelon. When you think of like, hot day, summer day, biting into watermelon, how that feels. So it cools us down. So there's that component. There's herbal medicine. So that's um, concentrated herbs. So that's a huge component. There's um, an exercise component to it as well. So typically Qigong or Tai Chi, but that could be yoga, could be anything like that. And then sort of underlying everything, or we'd say that affects the body the most, is our emotional health. And so we do a lot on the emotional well-being and also lifestyle as well. So mm-hmm. I agree with what you said, it's, you know, what you you get out, what you put in, but it's really, I think, when we're doing our job as traditional Chinese medicine practitioners, we're looking at the person's mental health, we're looking at how are they living, um, what they're eating, how they're eating, you know, if they're, well, I only have one coffee a day, but they're sipping that coffee right until the evening and it's one yeah. super big one, and then they finish their <laughs> laps at nine at night. But I can't sleep. Well, that's something we need to look at too, you know. So it's all these little details yeah. of the uniqueness that is you that comes in, um, and applying all those things together—that's the magic of it. Because yeah. and then that's yeah,
0: yeah. And I can absolutely attest to that. Um, so that kind of probably answers the question to our listeners who aren't familiar with traditional Chinese medicine, sort of all of the buckets that you fill when you are treating a patient. But um, for those who maybe might not be familiar as well, could you maybe just talk a little bit about what an initial
2: visit looks like? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I think you you'll have uniqueness within each practitioner, but I'll talk a little bit about the way that I work and and a lot of my colleagues do, and I found most effective. Um, so I do a pretty. I'll, I'll I'll do an intake form, and people will fill out sort of their symptoms and things coming in. But I'm really going to spend a lot of time talking to someone. So we say we can. We're we're observing the person from the moment they walk in. So um, you know how you carry yourself. The you know how loud your voice is. Is it like super loud or is it very soft? um your skin tone is it on the you know paler side has it got a bit of a um, you know your eyes do they have a bit of yellow in them or are they sort of um, bloodshot whatever it is everything is going to be giving us information and then we're going to go through and ask you questions about um you know it doesn't matter what you come in with i mean it matters what you come in with but it doesn't matter we're going to ask about that but then we're going to ask things related to it because usually um, well, what we're looking for is an underlying pattern in the body. And when we identify the pattern, usually there are many symptoms that someone might have, but they all fall into that same pattern. So when we can identify that and treat that, the symptoms get better. So I'm going to ask about your sleep. I'm going to ask about your digestion, like right from the, are you hungry to, uh, are you going to the, are you having bowel movements? And then everything in between of that. And then, um, you know, temperature, thirst levels, emotional states, where you hold tension in your body, everything is relevant because everything's, um, say your I say your body's talking all the time. So just understanding what the different symptoms are. And so, um, that's why I think a lot of times when people, Come in and they say, "Oh, um, let's. We'll use menopause as an example, Um, and we want sort of the answer or one answer, but there are actually several patterns that will." most people can have symptoms like the hot flashes are one symptom, but there are a few different reasons for that. So mm-hmm. we have to adjust. So we can't just say, Oh, take this. And it'll go away. Might work for some people, but it not for other won't for others because their patterns different. So what we re- what I really do is I, I ask a series of questions about all these different um, patterns in the body or, or, or states of wellness, if you will. And then we also um, look at the tongue so the tongue is we say your visible organ so we look at the shape of the tongue the color the coating and that's going to tell us internally it's another sort of uh, vehicle to understand what's going on internally and the same with pulses we take pulses um, six pulses so three on each side of the wrist so where you might take a pulse on the wrist um, we'll actually use three fingers and they each relate to a different organ system so if you actually put your fingers on these three pulses one could be strong one could be weak one could be you know you couldn't even feel it at all and so that's going to tell us you know if there's a circulation problem in the body or something sort of stuck uh you're going to feel say the pulse is going to be a bit wiry like a guitar string that means things are tight and things can't move through Um, if you look at the tongue for someone with a circulation problem it might be slightly um, we call it dusty or purpley or you can look under the tongue at the veins and the veins will be very distended Mm -hmm. almost like a varicose vein that means there's stuck energy or, or stasis in the body. Um, the tongue could also show you if someone's got too much heat or inflammation. So is it red? Is it red everywhere or is it just red on certain spots? So that tells us where inflammation may be in the body. Um, if it's really pale, it could be a sign of anemia or blood deficiency or fatigue. So we're just like there's so much information. So we're just gathering information that we sit across from someone. Um, and then, uh, then that will really paint the picture of what's going on and where the imbalance is. I have to say, I'm really shocked by this. Like the tongue is the stool
1: pigeon to the whole body, right? Like,
2: I yes. had no idea
1: that it gave that much information Your away. tongue
2: does not lie. Your tongue I does not lie. I feel like I'm
1: going to be covering my mouth when I go to any event. I'll just be. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, there's no bad tongue, right? It's just, it's just information. We're like so shy because we're not used to sticking them out. But it's, uh yeah, it's actually, when, and I love teaching people about this because they're like, what? What? Yeah. Are you kidding? And then, and then when you go, oh my God, yeah, I am hot. And look at my tongue. It's hot. Everything's
1: hot. So, yeah, Wow. Yeah. Next time I have a hot Flash! I'm going to run to the mirror and see if my tongue is red.
2: Well, yeah, I, mean, that I, might, I might have simplified that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: You need to be a little bit more intuitive, Jackie. It takes years <laughs> of training. No, no, I no, don't I know if you would be
2: ready yet. <laughs> I'm going to be ready after this podcast. Yeah, that's right. Um,
1: I have a question for you. Um, so for my own personal experience, um, like I said, when I went to uh, this um, practitioner, is that the right term? Or someone who... Depending what province
2: you're in and where you are, sometimes we can be used. It. It's still depending on provincial oh. regulations. So yeah, pr- pr- uh, Ontario is practitioner. Uh, okay. BC, we can use doctor. So... Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so
1: I found it really fascinating when I went to see her because I originally went to her 30 years ago because I threw my back out and she really helped me. And I remember at the time, she was, it was my back and she was tapping on my collarbone. I was like, lady. My back, and it really hurt when she was tapping on my collarbone. And she was tapping really lightly, and I had a very stressful job at the time. Um, and so, and my back seized up for no real reason that I could think of. And um, when we were done this session, like she put a bunch of needles in the front and then when we were done, she tapped on my collarbone and it didn't hurt at all. I thought that was really amazing. So I went back to her and she had helped me with my back and I went back to her for menopause and I was really struggling with my hot flashes and anxiety. Um, I'd had acupuncture a few times and I really, the guy thought it was very helpful and I never had any pain from it, but wow, this time I was at a really particularly bad time, I guess, in my menopausal cycle, and she had put the needles in the top of my um, hands, my calves, my feet, my abdomen, and other areas. But it was really the top of my left foot, my left calf, my left um, top of my hand, and um, my forearm. It hurt so much, and in fact, I could feel my muscles contracting and trying to, like, push the needles out. I had a really hard time trying to relax and keep the needles in, and it scared me from going back. But she said um, that your hormones travel down um, I This was about five years ago, so I sort of forget, but they travel down one side of your body when you are in a cycle. Is that right?
2: Um. So I ha- I'm not quite, ch- are you talking about how the chi or energy flows in the body? Yeah. Um, so a cycle of energy, like yeah. that way. Yeah. So we say the energy's flowing all the way up through the body all the time, just like we have arteries and veins and that will be a blood. So it's kind of like if you think of MAP's uh, you know we have a subway map we have a river map in the city we have the forest trails and so it's just another map of the body and, and way circulation goes so we say there are these meridians or channels we're trying to figure it out from a western sort of side of what it means i think a lo- one of the theories is that it's the um interstitium which is the layer between the fascial lines and that carries um a very collagen rich uh substance where you can sort of how cells communicate so when we we stimulate with a needle it sends this sort of electrical charge up the body or these channels and so that's why we, we can treat on the wrist and it will actually affect the heart system because those fascial lines actually go there so but the, the, what they found is it's like a circuit in the body so these each organ system has a channel um, and so uh, and each channel flows from one to the other so the you know the lung to the large intestine to the stomach to the spleen and they go all the way around the body so we'd say that there is a circuit of Energy flow in the body. And it takes uh theory is that it takes about 26 minutes to circulate through the body, this whole and so it's constantly circulating. And then sometimes what will happen is if we have a stuck and like it's somewhere, so one of the points around um, so what you're describing, the point in your hand and the point in your foot, they're called the four gates. What happens when we get stressed is we kind of shut down all the circulation to our extremities. So a lot of times when people are stressed, they get cold hands and feet. Their body's fine, but their hands and feet because we've shut off. We're just like tight because we're so freaking stressed. And so um, when we put the, in those needles in particular, we're going to open up the circulation in the body. So when we're like, I think you mentioned having a really stressful job, it's like put a, put something in this really tight spot. <laughs> and then it's kind of, it can be a little more intense or, you know, in that time. Um, or those points in the one on your foot is a, like a liver system point, which um, one which Jackie's of Jackie's the- liver is always stressed. he's oh. <laughs> <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's a North American thing. A lot of us have stressed livers, actually. It's a major <laughs> oh, thing. No. And it's actually a major component of menopausal symptoms that we see in North America. That's some of the most common ones, because not everybody has the same symptoms around the world with menopause. Mm-hmm. Some people have none. Some cultures, is just not hot flashes. What are you talking about? It's just not a thing at all. Yes, um, I've heard this yes, crazy business. So. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the liver system in Chinese medicine, that stress system, which sends our body into fight or flight, constantly sending our stress hormones up and just our body into like, um, just... Stress mode, basically. Stress mode, um, yeah, yeah. That that uh, that some can definitely contribute to a lot of the, the menopausal symptoms we have. Wow. So I
0: think that's a great segue into talking about, like, I guess, firstly, um, in Chinese medicine, when when you look at a woman going through menopause that may be experiencing severe system or systems <laughs> severe symptoms, um, could you? Talk to us about what like what you're seeing as a prat- practitioner, like where those blockages, like you're saying, the liver tends to be a, a really common area where uh, women experience like um, those blockages or stress uh, in their bodies.
2: Where else are you seeing
0: um, that most commonly?
2: Yeah, first I just want to say that when we say liver, it doesn't mean anything's necessarily wrong with someone's physical right. liver. So it's not like, oh my gosh, I've got liver disease or something. It's more like yeah. the energetic system. Right. Um so um so symptoms that I see a lot. Um, well, I just want to sort of start that by saying Chinese medicine, we have a term for menopause or this next stage in life, and it's called the second spring. So it's really about stepping into this um Oh, to our wisdom to our so time it's quite beautiful i say we, we stop losing blood and we start using blood so instead of all the blood going to our uterus and then we build up all this tissue and put all that work into that and like just give it away every month uh it actually sends back up to our heart and so in chinese medicine uh, and many other um, traditions and things The heart is the center of our spiritual world as well. Um, and so, uh, it's, so menopause though is definitely a time and a call to change. It's, or it's a call to step up and it's a call to, um, basically the things that we might have just tucked away in a small little box in the corner somewhere and just thought, don't have time for that. Yeah, sure. That's what I really am interested in, but you know what? I'm too busy or I can't do la 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 la. Like we have our story. Those things will be heard now and things that we put up with become intolerable. And so (laughs) we are just like, it's enough. And so the liver system for an example is um, it's, it's about our self-expression. It's about using our voice. It's like our drive our vision for the world. It's about determination. It's about, you know, making shit happen and getting things done. And if we don't listen, if we are, you know, squelching our voice, if we're not, um, if we're holding ourselves back, if we're putting up with things that are uncomfortable or we're in situations where we don't feel valued or we're frustrated by our work, it will show up and stagnate or block the system. And so when this system is off balance, we see things when people are menstruating, we see PMS, we see breast tension, we see um, IBS symptoms, we see a lot of shoulder tension or migraines that are maybe occipital migraines, uh, irritability, quick to anger, or the other side can, this is when it's off balance. um, And it can be also that we don't use our voice. And so sometimes people will have blockages in their throat Throat. so like thyroid things can come up with this system no, it's not the only thing I want to say that whenever I mention these things there's always different patterns but this is one of the things um, that can show up a lot and so um, that's the system also we, we just would be one of the places we uh, experience stress and so when we have Ongoing stress. So our body's programmed for stress, that's normal, but we should go from stress state to relaxed state to stress state to relaxed state so we can recharge and rebalance. When we don't, which means I'm busy at work, I'm go, go, go. And then I'm, I mean, we're in a pandemic now, but generally it's still people get busy and like stuff they've got to do and homeschooling kids for people with young kids or um, you know, just the stress of getting things, you know navigating the world and not having proper vacations and people are home all the time and they're agitated, whatever. And they don't um necessarily rest. Um, maybe just binge watch Netflix instead or eating Food that is processed food or things like that. Then you have that, a camera um, in my house.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like Angela
0: knows
2: what you're doing. She ah, knows what I'm doing. What? Are you spying on me? <laughs> no shame here. No shame here. Well, it's like, but your thing is, it's just so common in North America. Yeah. And then, then that what happens? I sort of went on a tangent there. But what happens is, um, the we're living in this constant state of stress. The stress hormones are now revving all the time and we have to convert things like estrogen and progesterone to make more cortisol and adrenaline and so then that keeps us revving like we're not sleeping well we don't have the natural we'd say that the um, parasympathetic nervous system or that estrogen is part of our yin. So we have Chinese medicine talks about yin and yang, that balance. And yin is the sort of more feminine hormones. They're the more, it's more that being versus doing. It's more receiving versus action. None of these things we do particularly well in balance in North America. And so what we've got is a lot of this yang, more masculine energy going at, you know, all hours of the night, all the time. And we burned ourselves out. And so then we're going to get things like hot flashes because we don't have the yin to balance us out. We're going to get things like not being able to ground and sleep through the night. So waking up at 3am, hot at night, waking to pee, all these sorts of things are just a sign of that system being off of of balance. And, um, and so what happens with menopause is we naturally, our estrogen drops, um, which is healthy we're programmed for menopause like yeah. our bodies are just basically it's saying hey we don't need to lose all this energy anymore we're, we want to live a long time so we're just going to repurpose our energy so it's actually a very normal thing unfortunately we've pathologized it a little bit in that's in north america and we've we've made it about sort of symptoms versus this you know we don't shame a kid for not you know it's like a little kid goes through puberty into adolescence to become you know an adult like a you know in potential for mother Motherhood for a woman or celebrated. Yes, you, have, you know a
0: bar mitzvah or whatever. Yeah. like but when you're going through menopause, no one's throwing but bar mitzvah. I would right argue
1: now. that we don't celebrate our period because that when true. I when I grew up, my mom could barely talk to me. We never called it our period. We called it Aunt Flo or that time of the month or the curse. Yeah. And you even see commercials around it where they pour blue liquid on a pad. I've never had a blue period, um, <laughs> and, and also like the microfeed <laughs> hiding your your pad so no one knows that you are menstruating, even though everyone yes, around you is the product of your reproductive—not yours, but you know what I mean, like. I, I do think we start shaming yeah. at a very young age, and I think we shame women in the reproductive yeah. system in our society. I'd say we're a yin free yeah. society based on what you just said. But I also, it's funny, Angela. Wow, you touched so many triggers for me right there because yeah, I know that women. I feel that women, myself, very strongly included. We are taught to be people pleasers. We are are taught to listen and not 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 speak, but we don't use our voice and there are huge repercussions and i think menopause is when all these things come and bite you in the ass like we used to think i think Ramona and i walked into she 2.0 saying menopause kind of sucks and all these things have happened to us and we have health problems because no one addressed it but i think that we don't really truly understand the emotional risk of ignoring our own health but you know that using our voice um, I like what you said about yin and it being more feminine and the feels we don't feel the feels we numb them we drink wine we use cannabis we do anything but sit with
2: ourselves yeah and i think you're naming something so important and so powerful um there's so much to that. And I think, like you said, we're not, we don't celebrate, haven't celebrated our periods. We haven't, you know, it's not, don't talk about that. Aging has been something that we're just like, "Mm." and this is, this is, um, I mean, we have a culture that glorifies youth right now, which is too bad. And I think that's part of um, the problem with our, 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 are, like traditional cultures, a lot of this is celebrated because it's a time when you step into the wisdom years, the wise woman, the elder. And there's that was something that was revered and something that you have a lot to offer back with that. Mm-hmm. And um, and then um, you've also got ancestral trauma now. And so for hundreds of years, I think, what you know, to say thousands possibly of years where women, if they did speak up, they would potentially risk their life. And so when we look at trauma, you know, there's multiple generations, whatever our great, 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 great grandmothers experienced, that's in our cells. And so we've got so much interesting data on this now. And so that it's really important that the natural, like when we want to speak, that our nervous system or our um, survival mechanisms will kind of kick in to say, hey, this isn't safe. And so it's like we almost have to bypass that until we learn another way and until it's, you know, we're creating safer and safer spaces. But um, that's a real thing for women, which has kept... And we've also said that, that, you know, the being, the feelings, the intuition that is a natural part of a well-balanced human, men and women, the, you know, the feminine and the healthy feminine and the healthy masculine. We don't have that right now. We have a little bit of toxic masculinity and toxic femininity, but that the intuitions have been diminished and the achieving, the doing, the going out there um, and getting shit done has been glorified. And please, you know, better look good while you're doing it or, you know no you're not valuable and so i think this is i mean this is my passion as you can clearly tell Uh, but it's about (laughs) breaking that down and saying whoa wait a second being like what do you like moment to moment what do you need and it might be just actually i need to go pee (laughs) i'm gonna go do that or i need a glass of water or i need i'm just gonna sit i mean how many women have gone and you know, like lay, lay, lay down on the couch for five minutes and they hear someone coming and they pick up a magazine or a book because they just want to look busy because God forbid they're yeah. just lying there to do something. And so, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Then so, it gives that sort of impression. You know, you're just sitting on the couch eating bonbons while everyone around you is holding the world together. But it's interesting that you say this because I think about right now, um, topically, like the women in Afghanistan is It's mm-hmm. crushing you know, what they're experiencing with the Taliban. We don't even want to go there. Or what's happening in Texas with the anti-abortion and, yeah. you know, this, like, state of private citizens ratting each other out, like, to what ex- to what end, right? To suppress yeah. women and their rights. But I do feel that um, we in North America, I think we kind of have our heads up our butts. Like, I recently told someone that I had heard in Asian culture, it might be Chinese culture, they don't have a word for hot flash, um, because they simply don't experience them. And then the response was, oh, well, their culture is taught not to talk about it. It's not because they don't have them. And I thought, hmm, that's pretty short sighted. Um, I believe that they probably don't. I mean, we live in a society to your point, Angela, where we are like, if you're going to have a career, you better be a boss, you know, and everything is tough guy when it comes to women. If you want to succeed, it's, it's so masculine the way we're sort of taught to perform if we want to be successful. And we know now through the pandemic that to be successful emotionally and in our career and our relationships, we have to have that healthy balance. But yet we're such a contradiction because then you, as you say, if you lie on the couch, you feel like a jerk. Like you're taking time away from somebody else.
2: Yeah. Not being productive. Yeah. That's so much, so much there that you said. I, um, what is interesting after one of the things I've just heard recently from some of my clients is that there are some organizations that have realized that the agendas that they're pushing are too, like, it's just, they're like, you know what, we're just going to slow things down we're going to take it, take it down and not push so much because we realize people are burning out and it's not possible. Um, I want to say too, there is, there's each, there the, the, the stat about, a certain culture is not experiencing hot flashes is actually true. And it's um, Japan, Japan, actually the women um, report, they don't report hot flashes as part of their menopausal, um, experience they get more tension in their shoulders and headaches um, actually different cultures around the world have very different experiences and there's lots of reasons for that I think there's the overculture like the North American culture like we just talked about that just go get stuff done busy 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 um, but then uh, also food so in in Japan and a lot of Asian cultures they have higher intake of um, phytoestrogens, so soy legumes um, that have these natural phytoestrogens in them. So when you have whole-based whole soy products in particular, um, but any legume will have phytoestrogens, they uh, naturally build... They have estrogen receptors. They also, we'd say they're very yin, so balancing that out. So they're just consuming that more on their regular diet. Seaweeds is another one. We'd say that's a very yin food, very moistening, more lubricating, has a lot of minerals in it, which can be really helpful um, as well. So looking at also, um, you know, the work, how people work, uh, what the lifestyle is, all that's going to play into people's experience in menopause. So there are people everywhere and in cultures where menopause is more of a stopping of the period. And then you enter this next stage of life. So without really without any symptoms, um, or very few symptoms, and maybe just a little. And I think it's like the more we we talked about earlier, the more we're avoiding certain things or not listening, the louder the symptoms get. The more we push through, say I'll get that later or never mind, la la la, I don't want to hear it right now. Then it gets louder. And so, um, so when we have a culture that doesn't allow for rest or um, you know, pushes hard or the, the food, you know, we do a lot of caffeine, a lot of sugar, a lot of alcohol, all stimulants, and they kind of burn through, you know, they're, they're just, they send up send more off balance. So, um, you know, some people do fine with it, some people don't. And, um, but over of that will also cause us to be out of balance. So just all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: So, you know, one thing that women tend to gravitate, gravitate to um, in menopause is hormone replacement therapy. And given, you know, how many risks there are with, with HRT, uh, you know, a lot of women try to control their symptoms through like natural means, specifically Chinese medicine as well. How, how does China, Chinese medicine help?
2: with the, like with this, a lot of the symptoms that HRT would help with. Yeah. the The way. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, so what I guess the, the different, well, okay. So Chinese medicine, like I mentioned earlier, it's all about balance. So when we're in balance, we feel good. Um, we're sleeping well, we're eating well, we're digesting well, all that, or we can, we can regulate our heat. So when we're off balance, uh, that's when the symptoms show up. So what we're doing with Chinese medicine is identifying what the the imbalance is. Is it an excess? Are we stuck? Are you too stuck? Are you yin deficient? So that means you don't have enough of that cooling, um, lubricating, calming sort of element to your body. So then we're going to increase the yin side of things. So we're going to increase foods that are going to build that and decrease foods that are going to cause a problem with that. So we're going to decrease coffee. And I am obviously, I say this like, no problem, just cut coffee, just cut alcohol. I realize that there is a journey to this for a lot of people, but when we're going to increase things, you know, cut the things that are causing the problems and increase things that are going to balance out. And the same, we do herbs. So herbs are very concentrated amounts of, um, you know, plants, uh, you know, things like we use like peppermint or uh, ginger or some of the ones mm-hmm. we use, but then there's a whole variety that we wouldn't normally eat. Um, and then we use those to help support the body and balance out as well so i work with women every day for oh it's hormonal um menopausal things and relatively quickly we can balance things out um the nice the thing that i think is really important because as you mentioned hrt has side effects we know that there's detrimental effects long-term the thing with hrt is we're putting in more of let's say the estrogen to balance out some of the hot flashes Mm -hmm. or that the thing is if we don't change our lifestyle we are so if i mentioned before if we have higher um we have high levels of stress and we require more stress hormones adrenaline and cortisol we're gonna take our estrogen we're gonna break it down and turn it into uh cortisol or adrenaline so that we're able to get through whatever the stressful event is if we're putting estrogen estrogen in from an hrt you might get effects for that but you're if you still change your lifestyle you're still going to be having high level stress and still going to be pulling use, eventually pulls from your bones so that's why women who have like Like really weak bones Mm -hmm. over time. It's usually because we've been operating on such stress like levels for so long that we're pulling every resource we have have because survival is number one. The body doesn't know survival of like staying up super late to watch Netflix and eating things and being up early with your kids in the morning and then pushing yourself too hard because you don't want to lie on the couch. It doesn't know the difference between that and running from a bear. Really doesn't. So it's like, shit. I'm gonna pull from the bones, I'm gonna pull from the tissue, I'm gonna pull from everything. Um, and so then we start, so if we're putting HRT and maybe our hot flashes go, but we're, you know, underneath that we're depleting and depleting and are depleting selves, ourselves more. So I get it why people wanna do it because it's it's really friggin' miserable, you know, if you're not yeah. sleeping and bathing sweat all the time and anxious and all of that. And, Um, I think if someone does decide to do that, work with someone else in tandem to help replenish your body, help to balance it out so that A, you don't have to be on it as long, and B, you're not depleting yourselves even more just by, oh, take a pill, it's gone away. It's not gone away. It's just like we need to really support your body through the whole process. I have to
1: say that when we
2: started She 2.0,
1: Um, I was a huge advocate of challenging pharmaceutical companies to come up with one pill to cure menopause. I just do it. Just get me through it and over it. And then I want to come out on the other side with tons of collagen. And now, (laughs) (laughs) so basically a miracle. (laughs) But, you know, as, as Ramona and I have met like amazing people like you and learned, So many different things about what we're going through. It's funny how, like, Ramona, I know you can speak to this. Like, my opinion has completely done a 360 on menopause. When we went into this, I thought menopause is what happens to your body. There are no solutions. You know, you're going to break some bones. Your face is going to sag, and it's all downhill from here. You're going to be crabby. You're probably going to get divorced. No one's going to like you. And now, as we go through it, I realize I don't want a pill. I want my body to be optimal. Like, I want it to be balanced. And I realize that the reason I want that is because when we have these conversations, I couldn't give a rat's ass about menopause. What's happening to me is that menopause is the delivery vehicle for all my past injustices. Like, not taking care of myself, not giving myself time, giving everybody everything of me and taking nothing for myself, of course, there's no balance there. I mean, wow, what if I sat down and did yoga and some acupuncture and ate properly and slept and didn't drink wine and didn't, you know, go on an antidepressant every time there was a problem because it's just menopause. What if What if we actually take this time for ourselves? Like, what you're saying, like looking at our body and saying, you know, I don't want to just go in and get acupuncture. I want to know why this is happening because mm-hmm. you can put needles in me, but if I go home and do the same thing, it's a definition of insanity. Like just doing the same thing over and over again, and expecting a different result.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. And that's so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Cause it's, it's so common for, um, you know, I just make it, make it go away, but then it's, it's like, it's such a journey and, and this, and it's not about perfect. I just want to be really clear. Cause that's another mm-hmm. thing of toxic femininity is we think there is a thing and then we are constantly beating ourselves up or feeling like that we're not enough in some way. And that's just damaging to women and so it's not about perfect but it's about empowerment and recognizing why we all do things to to make ourselves feel better. Right. So we self-medicate mm-hmm. in whatever way it is, but it's like giving ourselves permission to, to be at the table, like whether it be, Oh, okay. I've got kids and I've got a partner and I've got a business or a, you know, a, a career and friends and all that. And it's like, wait a second, what do I need in that moment? Cause we do know that when it, a, this can be really hard, but when we let ourselves have our voice and we, we can, actually speak up our relationships are more authentic uh people you're modeling it for other people we feel better so we actually are we have way more to give from that nourished place and we're more empowered and i think that that's this thing around menopause I will be heard and those little things inside whether it be I'm in a relationship that isn't feeding me it needs an overhaul to I feel like crap every time I leave this friendship like at time with this friend and why the heck am I doing that either I talk to them and change it or it's time to you know let that go or I had a client the other day she was in a job where she just didn't feel valued and she was putting all her energy and time into that and she realized I don't I like, I'm so passionate about art. (laughs) She's like, I can, she trenched her numbers. She's at an age and she's like, I can retire, get a part-time job and take the art course that I want to do. And she's so happy. And, but you know, but Sounds when think, awesome. But when we think we can't do it because yeah. of, we have all these reasons. And so I think, you know, little things, I, yes, we can make big sweeping changes like that. Wonderful if we can. And that's what we're called to. But I just don't want to also diminish the, the little things that we can do moment to moment, which is that simple honoring. I do this all the time. And it made it because I had a huge shift around menopause. And I know this stuff and I work in it and I sort of, I moved further away. I moved in with my partner and his 22 year old daughter, who's, I'm an introvert. No one in the house is. So I'm like, oh my no, God, the time. <laughs> um, and just so I just everything started to flow off, and I thought, what the heck's going on? And so moment by moment, I would just check in and like, what do I need? And I'd be like, start to say, you know what, I'm going upstairs for 10 minutes. So I'm just going to shut the door and be by myself just because I couldn't be there the way I wanted to be. And I needed that for me. And as I started, they're like, yeah, go. go. they didn't care. <laughs> mm. um, they just talk amongst themselves. But um, so it was just like those little, little things make a huge difference. So if we can just uh, chip away at stuff and just like that, do I want, I don't know, the glass of wine or do I actually need to go to bed or do I, whatever the, you know, really mm-hmm. checking in. And um, sometimes it is, yeah, I want the wine. And sometimes it's like, Oh gosh, you know, yeah. I just want to go to bed. So yeah. But the, the ownership is on
0: you sometimes. And I think that I know I can speak for that right now in being a Chinese medicine dropout is that I know <laughs> that I have to put the work in as well. It's it, it, it to find that balance, which I struggle with every day. Um, so when we talk about like all the other symptoms that come along with menopause, um, I guess, I guess the you're treating the individual based on where you're finding imbalances, but you're not treating a specific symptom per se. Like if a, if a patient going through menopause comes to you and says, I'm experiencing brain fog or I'm experiencing hot flashes or vaginal dryness or any of those things associated with menopause... Mm-hmm you're not really looking at those things specifically. You're looking at the whole person to find where the imbalances are to help relieve those symptoms. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. So yes, if someone comes in their symptoms like brain fog, vaginal dryness, hot flashes are going to be a starting point. And then I'm going to ask more symptoms like questions like, okay, um, so like with hot flashes, some people can have hot flashes and they're classic yin deficient. So they might be, you know, losing weight, a little bit jittery, anxious, um, hot, just have trouble sleeping, hot at night, and then get many hot flashes during the day. And then and there might be someone who's, uh, they get hot flashes, but they also get cold and they are cold at night and they have actually trouble uh, losing weight and they kind of are lethargic and they got, they have a lot of uh, nasal congestion and phlegm where the other pattern might be very, very dry and thirsty all the time. So they both Mm have hot flashes, but they're totally different patterns. And so I'm going to treat them differently because that way, so I'm going to, so it's like, okay, you have hot flashes, tell me more. And then I'm going to ask more and more and more. And um, just, I just, something that you said before just landed too, because I think that there's this idea um, you may not be saying this, so correct me I'm wrong, but you said, you know, the onus is on me to make these changes and stuff. And I just think, you know, we can't really totally become ourselves by ourselves. Like we need people. For sure. And we For need, sure. yeah. And I think it's so important. You, to need, a yeah, yeah, you need a guide. Yeah. And support and whether, and help and just like that, you know, to reach out and lean on someone else. And Mm -hmm. can someone, you know, I think that's really important when someone's in a role of mom and business or in partner and all that to say, Hey, person over here, can you take care of me for a little bit? But that's what I mean by ownership too, is that
0: I have to make myself vulnerable enough to do those things again. And I've just, I'm reacting to life right now, instead of like, reaching out for help or slowing down or reaching uh, making an appointment with Angela, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, I have to do that, but that's super helpful to know. Um, I do have a selfish question, which is, does, do, do you treat women differently who have experienced menopause naturally versus
2: prophylactically? Mm, Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, Yeah. So, um, really, it's there. The prophylactically, it's going to send your body into um, to menopause. Like, whoa! Here we go. We were going along. There wasn't this transition, and it's just radical. So, you're in some ways. your body may be in different shape definitely different shape like you might still have other resources um that you that someone who's you know slowly gone through menopause and has a lot of symptoms doesn't have in that way Um, but basically so yes and no would be the answer to that how's that for not that's a bit frustrating, <laughs> but um, I'm still going to treat the person. So I'm still going to treat the pattern that's there, no matter how right, you come okay. in. So um, I just, I guess so I'm curious. We're gonna, I'm for... going to address where you are, and then what's, what? Well, be what symptoms that are you having? Right. So the pattern may be very similar, and it might actually be similar to a woman who's gone through menopause. So I might treat you very much the same way because the pattern's the same.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because I just always was wondering if it was always going to be a problem for me because it's an imbalance that was forced on me and a physical change that was forced to me, forced on me. Just like say someone who maybe had to have their appendix out or maybe, do you know what I mean? Where it creates an imbalance in your body um, and you're always fighting against it for the rest of your life. I feel like.
2: Yeah, I do hear what you're saying. I think, um, you know, bodies are, they adapt where bodies are so smart and Mm. wise and amazing and you know things they just find a way and there are things like if you've had your gallbladder removed or all that that you're going to have a there's scar tissue but be that that system is not operating the way that um that it did before um but i do believe that we can still be resilient and heal and rebalance from anything, so even if you've you know had that um, surgery and then had whoa all of a sudden really strong symptoms that that can we can like can always work on that to help mm-hmm. and get that balance back so there's always the um, yeah the body's programmed to heal, so it's just giving it what it needs and it might be that you have higher needs in a certain but i mean we're not you know every person is not born with the same um body or constitution like we'd say mm-hmm. you're born your jing or whatever your parents give you at the time of birth um is what you're born with so some people may be born just always needing extra because they're just a little born a little depleted where someone else is born with like, Whoa, it's like overflowing, abundant, but then how they live their life. The person who was born, you know, a bit depleted, if they live a very moderate, healthy life. They can have a really long, healthy life. No problem. And the person who was born, you know, overflowing with, we call Jing or essence. um, If they like burn the candle at both ends and they're, you know, eating all that, they could actually end up in a place that's more depleted than the other person. So it's all how, you know, how we live. So I think it's, 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 I mean, I'm always of uh, the mindset that uh, we can heal, we can rebalance our body, and we can uh, improve our health. Always. There's always stuff that we can do.
1: I think I am a great example of the Jing person. Um, I am a really great prototype for like the menopausal train wreck because I think women are taught to believe that once you hit menopause, like that one day, You know, when you turn over and you haven't had a period for a year, it's all over, right? But the thing is, menopause symptoms can last for a long time or a short time. And there doesn't seem to be any um, prediction on how we can judge that. But I will say that I have been postmenopausal now for a couple of years, and I went through it early. Um, I went through it after I had my daughter later, like I had her later, my early 40s but throw in the pandemic and I'm actually having more symptoms now than I ever had before. I used to think I got off the hook because I didn't Mm. have night sweats and now I'm getting night sweats. I just started them a month ago and I really thought I was pretty confused about all this. Like, why are things getting worse for me? And now I realize as we talk, it's, it's, Not menopause. It's that I'm in menopause, but my body is so off balance. Like, I know already that my cortisol is really high and I'm on the verge of hypothyroidism because of that. My stress level after doing virtual teaching for a year and having a job and starting She 2.0 and being in the same house with my husband my kid and then I threw a puppy in the mix just for more fun (laughs) and like it's not fun and like I feel like I'm always on the verge of a nervous breakdown and I think that's probably why my symptoms are worse they're elevated now they never were this bad and and it's interesting as we've had this discussion like during this episode I realized wow it's I'm not going to say it's in my control, but it gives me hope to hear this, that this could be because everything is so out of whack in my body. And I know it is like I've thrown my back out twice in a month and never thrown my back out except for like 30 years ago. Like everything just feels off. I broke my foot a year ago. Like Mm. stuff's happening to me that I, you know, I know I, you know chalk it up to bad luck or karma but I do think it's it's being imbalanced and and not being where I should be and doing all the wrong things to compensate too much wine going to bed late because that's when I get time to myself and then being tired and waking up with a hot like a a hot a night sweater whatever and then a hot flash Mm -hmm. then hormone rage or lack of hormone rage it's crazy like and women We feel like, okay, well, I've gone through menopause. It's over. It's not over. And you have to take care of it. You've got to look after yourself. That's the message that comes across so strongly in this episode for me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I think you're not alone. How many people have this, like, just the pandemic has just been like, oh, like thrown so much in and just mm-hmm. trying to, to survive and manage and no one thought they were going to homeschool and have a career at the same time and have a puppy and all that. Or fail grade four back again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, what you said is is like the, about the symptoms that it's not like, oh, why are my menopausal symptoms back? And it's not like I have men in their 20s that have menopausal symptoms because it's just that particular imbalance or women in their 20s or men in their 40s like hot flashes and night sweats are a sign like the imbalance and it's not gender like it's it's not gender specific like men can get it young women get it all that so again exactly we said it's just it's just like oh I've got night sweats what does that mean oh this means that the system's off balance okay what do I need to do and so I, like I work with people all the time exactly what you're talking it like how you're describing. And they're like, don't touch my friggin' wine. I'm not giving up my wine or my Netflix. It's like, okay, we won't go there. Right? Like it's just, we'll take it one step and that you can, again, it doesn't have to be perfect, but let's, let's just start with one thing. I used yeah. to like, when I started, I'd like give people a book, here's everything I know and take it. And, and they're like, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> and so I think it's just like, what can you do? You know, what's one thing, what's one thing you can da- do for yourself? And it's like, um, and I hear you. I think that's when it's, oh, okay. It's 1130 at night. I probably go to bed, but I'm just going to watch a little Netflix because this is my time. And this mm-hmm. is the only time I get. So I was like, hmm, I wonder how I could make a little bit of my time be part of the daytime. And maybe just start with 15 minutes, you know, start mm. with 15 minutes of your time and say to everyone, Hey, I'm going out. You guys will be fine. I will be back. And so yeah. just figure it out. And then it's yeah. just, I think for a lot of women, it's just giving themselves permission to do it. Cause most other people will be like my, my, my partner, he's like, Go do it. Yeah. Okay, sure. And then I'm like, why am I having such a hard time? And then when I do, I'm so grateful. And then it becomes a habit. And then that becomes the habits that build to something else. It's like, oh, you know what? I got that time so I can go to bed earlier, or I got that time so I can whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think that those, and so it's just instead of what's so often we operate with what's wrong with me. Oh my God, there must be something really wrong with me. And it's like, oh, I wonder what my body's saying. Like it just reframing it in whatever way to be like, oh, it's talking. I know I can make a change and what, you know, step by step. And, and um, I'm not, I know that sounded really simple as I said
1: it. <laughs> No, but I, I do think yeah. when you look at it as one small step at a time, it's more, that's more achievable. And when you, you know, if you say you have 12 things you have to do, that's very overwhelming.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: The one thing I like people to know about Chinese medicine when I talk about how it's helped me in different ways um, is that sometimes with Western medicine, which is also helpful, and I'm not discounting all of the things that I've taken in my lifetime that have saved me um, with Western medicine, but sometimes you can take a pill and it works really quickly. And sometimes when you're dealing in holistic therapies, it takes a little bit more time to find that balance and sort of that reset. Um, Can we just touch on that very briefly, just about like how, you know, you might be able to take antibiotics and heal yourself in seven days of something. But when we're talking about balancing the body, it's not going to happen overnight.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it t- you know, how long did it take your body to get out of balance, you know? So we've yeah. got to give it a little bit of time. doesn't mean it has to be the same amount of time. That's um, a good point. Yeah, so, but, you know, step by step. And usually I find it will snowball in a really positive way too. We start to do one thing and then another and then it sort of, it takes off in a really positive way. Um, I understand how we've been brought up with the quick fix or the band-aid or just make it go away. I want it to go away. One thing we I do know is if you you sort of, say I have a rash on my skin and I take something to make it go away. Well, why is the rash there? Cause if I just cover up that rash, it's going to come out another way. And right. so, you know, it's good. Eczema, yeah. all that sort of stuff, you know, they can be yeah. all linked. So, but I always say to people, like if it's a stopgap, gap, like if we, if you want to take a pill to, you know, mental health, things like that. Absolutely. If we need something to help us in the moment, I get that. And, let's work long game at the same time. So if you need, if you're having trouble functioning or um, whatever the, the reason is, you talked about a hormone replacement ther- therapy or whatever the other things are, let's, let's address that if you need to from a Western and work together. I think the, what I find challenging, I've worked in integrative medicine along with met, like Western medical doctors, naturopaths, me, all that under one mm-hmm. roof. And it's beautiful because mm-hmm. when it's not either or, that's where I think we've got to stop putting yes. things against each other. It's like, and yes, and yes. yes. How can this system help with this? And that's where the magic was for everyone, right? Then we can like this is my skill set. I can work with someone else as a different one and we can compliment. And then you, as the the patient, as you know, is able to get the best of everything. And so that um I think it's like we we shouldn't, some people are so pro natural and some people are so pro alobatic and it's like, Hey, let's just all talk.
0: <laughs> let's all yeah. work together. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Well,
0: listen, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. It, it, I hope it meant as much to our listeners as it did to us. We really appreciate the time and I hope you'll indulge me. Um, this evening, I would like to just read a little passage that I read that I thought was really appropriate and actually really touched on when we were talking about um, society and how it perceives women in menopause and how it's different in other cultures, um, specifically China. Um, I read this passage and I'd love to be able to share it with you and our listeners. So Um, It says, a famous excerpt from the first chapter of a famous Chinese classical book written around 2600 BC called the Yellow Emperor's Classic states, at seven times seven, a woman's heavenly dew wanes, the pulse of her conception channel decreases, the qi that dwelt in the baby's palace moves upward into her heart and her wisdom is deepened.
1: I knew you couldn't make it through that. <laughs> <laughs> you knew, like, I totally knew you were going to do it. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, beautiful. that's beautiful. That is and beautiful. And, and that's true. I think, you know, the, I, call, I have some, of course, I teach the magic of menopause and how can we unleash the magic of menopause? And it is that, that wisdom in our heart, you know, that we are called to share with the world and make a difference in the unique way that each one of us is meant to do. And we want to do that. I just going like to say it's your radiant life. We want to do that from feeling good in our body because we're sleeping well, we're eating well, but we're able to fully express ourselves. And that's the magic of it. And that's what we're here to do, I think, as women. And just for women sort of out there struggling, there's so much, so much that can be done. So Mm -hmm. I really want
1: women to, you know, get on Dr. Google and look around the world because I really truly think that from what we're learning, North America puts a very negative spin on this critical time and really it is a time about freedom and wisdom and everything we've earned you know and and there's no reason for ageism we're wise we have the experience i wouldn't hire you know somebody brand new to fix my house or deliver my baby so you know i i I think we have to change the way we look at it and i think everything you said today we have to change the way that we look at ourselves and treat ourselves
2: mm, yeah. thank you no Yo, you're so welcome thank you so much <laughs> it's been an honor